Hey everyone, welcome to Northridge Church Online. So glad you joined us here today. So at Northridge, we want you to know that our church, our community of faith, is a safe place for you, no matter where you are in your journey with Jesus. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a really long time, or maybe you're brand new, kind of new in your faith, or maybe you're not sure where you're at in your faith or what you believe about God or the Bible or Jesus, or maybe you know you don't believe in them yet. No matter where you are in that spectrum, we're just glad you're here. This is a safe place, a great place for you to ask the questions that you have about life and about the Bible and about faith. So today we are beginning a brand new series that we're simply calling Dust. Now, right away, when I say the word dust and you think a sermon series is called Dust, what in the world does that mean? Right away, it might be confusing. You think, what? where in the world are we going with that? Well, let me try to explain that. So there's this popular idea that in the time of Jesus, that students of rabbis, just any rabbi, any teacher, would walk very closely with their rabbi or their teacher so that they could hear him speak as they were walking along the road. So in other words, the the student would always have to walk behind the teacher because they could never be beside them or in front of them out of a respect thing, but they would want to hear what the teacher, what the rabbi was saying or, or what was going on. And so they would have to get really close. And as a result, all the dust would get kicked up on the students. In other words, the students were close to their rabbi, close to their teacher. And as a result, they would get the dust kicked up all over them. Same idea that you get when, from Jesus' time, one of the most respectful things you could do with your rabbi, with your teacher, was to sit down on the floor or in the dirt at their feet. So the teacher would sit on a chair or a stool or on a rock, and and the students would sit around their feet, and, and all the dust that would be there would get on them. And so it's this idea that as you are close to your rabbi, it gets dusty. In fact, it also comes from this Hebrew saying, this Jewish saying from a a collection of sayings from rabbinic sayings called the Mishnah, where it actually talks about this. Listen to one of the sayings that was written and recorded in the Mishnah. It says, let thy house be a meeting house for the wise and powders thyself in the dust of their feet and drink their words with thirstiness. In other words, we get this idea that being close to Jesus means that we're going to be inundated by his power and his influence. In other words, we're going to get dusty. We're going to have whatever Jesus is talking about, whatever Jesus is doing, the dust, his influence is going to be all over us. It's going to be evident in our life. And so this series, we're going to jump in and we're going to talk about what does it look like to get dusty. (laughs) What does it look like to be in the presence and have the influence of Jesus just completely move all over us and change us? So this series is going to be a short series. For the next four weeks, leading up to Easter, when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, from the grave, for the next four weeks, we're going to look at moments in Jesus's life that led directly up to Easter. So today and for three weeks, we're going to look at those moments that were right before Holy Week or during Holy Week that led up to Easter. 
One of the cool things that we're going to do, and this is the first time we've ever done this in the life of our church, we're going to have an online-only event on Monday, Thursday. That's the Thursday right before Easter. It's the Thursday of Easter week. And we're going to be online only, but this is going to be a service where we celebrate, where we commemorate the last words, the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples. So it's going to be one of those services. It's going to be a very different style of service for us. It's going to be quiet. It's going to be solemn. It'll be online only. But we're going to have music, or we're going to have readings and thoughts. We're going to have some things where we interact. But this is really cool. We're really excited about this. For the first time ever, we're going to serve communion online. And so I wanted to mention this to everybody who's watching and listening. And you've probably heard of this in our live in-person services, or maybe through Northridge News, our emails that we send out. But we're also going to serve communion during this Monday, Thursday service on that Thursday. And so one thing that we want to ask everybody to do, if you want to take communion and you don't have your own supplies to do this, is we have already purchased pre-packaged supplies, communion supplies for you and your family or whoever you're going to involve yourself with in this online event. And so if you want to take communion with us on this Monday, Thursday service before Easter, all you need to do is sign up. So you can either go to our website and you see the graphic that's been on the screen about the Monday 30 service. When you get to our homepage on the website, just click on that. It'll take you to a place where you can sign up to receive those communion supplies. And you can either pick them up at our next live in-person service, which is next week, the 21st, March 21st, or you can have them delivered to you. Or you can click on the link in Northridge News that you got from the email, and the link is also going to be attached to the posts the social media post for this week. So click on there, sign up to get the communion supplies, and we're going to have just a great time, a powerful time, where we celebrate and commemorate the last words, the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples the week of Easter. So I hope you can join us, not only for this whole series, but for that Monday, Thursday service. So going back to my elementary school days, one of my favorite times in school was recess. That's probably a lot of students, a lot of kids' favorite time. But it wasn't because I didn't like school. I, I really enjoyed school and the academics, and I also enjoyed the social aspect of school. But I really loved recess because it was a time that was unstructured, and we could just go outside and play with a ton of friends. But the problem was that recess was not one of the greatest things and greatest times for some kids. Because some kids, they were never invited to play some of the games with the other kids. They were never invited to be involved. They were alone and they were forced to kind of figure out what they were going to do in the recess time by themselves with nobody else around them. Well, today's story about Jesus, again, leading into Holy Week, leading into that moment when he's about to be crucified and Easter and resurrected from the dead, one of the moments that happened with Jesus was a story where he came face to face with a person who was an outcast, somebody who was alone, somebody that nobody else wanted around. So let's jump into the story. We're going to be in the book of Mark chapter 10, and we're going to start with verse 46. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Then they reached Jericho. 
And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. You can see that Jesus has a lot of people. He garners a lot of attention. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My, my rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. So I want to start by talking about the people in the story. Specifically, Bartimaeus, we'll call him Bart, to be simple, and the crowd of people. So Bart and the crowd of people. So let's start with Bartimaeus. So it's very clear that Bart has a lot of needs in his life, right? The, these are obvious. For example, let's, let's kind of go through some of the needs that he has. It's obvious that he has a physical need, right? His first need, very obvious need, is the physical one. He's blind. He can't see. We don't know why. We don't know what the circumstances were around why he was blind. But we just know he was blind. He was not able to see. So that's a clear and obvious physical need. And this would have complicated his life dramatically, greatly, especially in this day and age, right? Without all of the technology that we have today. So that was one obvious need that he had. But then it also brought a whole bunch of other needs that Bart had in his life. Financially. Think about his need there. Because he was blind, Bart was basically left with one option. Beg every day for food and money. It's the only way he could survive. So that's a very clear and obvious need was financial. But then there's another need that I would guess is probably pretty obvious for most of us. And that is his need socially. Bart was probably not the most popular guy in town. In fact, he may have been the least popular person in town. This guy is, is probably, he probably rarely, if ever, bathes. He probably wears tattered clothes. He's kind of, he may or may not be homeless. We don't know that from the story. But he probably didn't smell very well. He didn't have nice clothes. And every single day, everybody knows Bart is going to be in the same place on the road where everybody's going to be passing, where he's begging for money or for food just to survive. In other words, Bart is never invited to dinner. He's never invited to the party. Bart is never invited to anything. He's a social outcast. Nobody wants him around. So that's Bartimaeus. Now, these are three obvious needs, but let me offer a couple of other needs that may not be quite as obvious. His spiritual need. 
Obviously, we know if we have followed Jesus or if we read the Bible that every person, every person that has ever existed or will ever exist needs Jesus. But spiritually, a lot of people would think that Bartimaeus' blindness was a punishment from God because of his personal sin. Now, Jesus would disagree with that sentiment, with that notion. In fact, Jesus says as much at a different, completely different story at a different time when he heals somebody else who was blind. And he says this to disciples. The disciples ask Jesus, well, why is this guy blind, Jesus? Was it because he sinned or was it because his parents sinned? And Jesus said, neither one. It wasn't a punishment for him. It was to show God's greatness and his power that could be done in his life. But a lot of people would have seen that Bart had a spiritual need. And really, Bart did have a spiritual need. It was to be with Jesus. But then there's one other need that I think that a lot of times we think about for ourselves, but it's very difficult for us to consider this need in other people. Think about Bart's emotional and relational needs. He's probably very lonely. He's never wanted. Nobody wants him around. So the relationships that he has are probably people either manipulating or using him or he has no relationships at all. He's probably extremely lonely. There's probably some level of discouragement, maybe depression. Hopelessness for sure is something that I'm sure he feels on a daily basis. Having to beg for his money and food every single day for his very survival, just to live. He's probably ashamed at having to ask for help every day. Think about it. Do you like to ask for help? How how often do you like, how, how does it make you feel when you need to ask for help? It doesn't make us feel good, does it? We don't like to do it, but the truth is that we all have to ask for help at some times in our lives. It's okay. But it's hard to swallow that pride, isn't it? I mean, some of you are guys. Some of you are men. We don't even like to ask for directions when we know we're lost. We don't have a clue where we're going. Now we have smartphones that show us everywhere we need to go, right? So we've lost that need. But the truth is we don't like to ask for help. And think about Bart. He has to ask and he has to beg for help every single day. He has this need to be loved be wanted. And Bart had all these needs that he had. But now let's turn our attention to the other people in the story, the crowd. Remember the crowd, they've been following closely with Jesus. They're walking with Jesus. They're trying to get as close as they can to hear his words and to see what he's going to do and to watch and, 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 you know, see his actions and his example that he's going to live out. So they've maybe been walking with him all day. The dust has been kicking up on them, so to speak, all day long. And so this big crowd is following Jesus. And all of a sudden, this guy that nobody wants on the side of the road starts yelling out to Jesus, interrupts their wonderful day, their great day with Jesus, interrupts them, interrupts their plans, interrupts their life, and makes Jesus stop. Yeah, Jesus didn't have to stop, but he did. And what does the crowd do in that moment? Do you remember what it says in in the story? They said, shut up. Be quiet. Bartimaeus, we don't want to hear you. We're listening 
to the rabbi. We're listening to Jesus speak, to him teach us. We don't want to hear you. You're interrupting our day, our life. The crowd was annoyed. They wanted nothing to do with Bart. They didn't want to be reminded of his existence, of his problems, of his needs. They were having a great day with Jesus. So these are the two people in the story, Bartimaeus and the crowd of people that were following closely with Jesus. But then, of course, there's Jesus himself. Let's look at what happens What happens when we decide to get so close to Jesus that the dust, his power, his influence begins to rub off on us? What amazing things happen in those moments? Let's look back at the story. Let's start once again with Bartimaeus. What happened to Bart? Well, in order to answer that question, let's first start with how the story started. Do you remember why the story even exists in the Bible? Nothing would have happened without this one action by Bartimaeus. What did he do? He called out to Jesus. This is an important thing for us to notice because we have to understand that the first thing we need to know is to realize and to recognize that we need Jesus. Go back to verse 47. What does Bart say? He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bart knew that he needed Jesus. Jesus knew that Bart needed him. But the rest of the crowd, they wanted nothing to do with it. But Bart knew. And so he reached out. He called out to Jesus. And in that moment, Jesus asked him a very simple but very direct question. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And this, I love, by the way, I love Bart's answer. I love Bartimaeus, how he answers this. It's both simple and honest. Simple and honest. It gives us a good example to follow when we get in the presence of Jesus and Jesus asks us, what do you want? What do you need? Simple and honest. Listen to what Bart says. Verse 51. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. Simple. Honest. Now, The honest, simple answer for Bartimaeus was very simple. He was blind. He just needed to be able to see. That was obvious to everybody in the story and us reading it to this day. He was literally blind, and so the need was obvious. But what I want to ask you today is this, because this is really important. What is your blind spot? What's your need with Jesus? And when it comes down to it, I think this is important for us to consider. Just like Bart, just like Bartimaeus, are you being honest with what you need from Jesus? Are you being honest about your own life? Are you being honest about your addiction? Are you being honest about that? Are you being honest about maybe mistreating other people in your life? how you're treating them, how you view them? Are you being honest about maybe being lazy, apathetic toward God, toward other people, toward your work, toward life in general? Are you being honest about letting your anger get the best of you 
to certain people or to all people? Are you being honest about being a workaholic? Maybe you use work as a veil, as a curtain, as a a distraction away from the most important things in life, which, just so that we're clear, is not work. I'm not saying work is bad. Work is good. God says in his word often, we need to work. It's important that we have purpose in our work. But if we're using work as a distraction from the more important, the most important things in our life, are you being honest about that? See, Bartimaeus was healed not just because of his faith. Yes, Jesus says, go, your faith has healed you, has solved your needs. But how did it begin? It started because Bartimaeus was willing to admit, be honest, I can't do this. I need Jesus. What is the blind spot that you need to hand over that you need to release to Jesus. Now I want to go back to the crowd of people and kind of finish with that. So the crowd of people, when Jesus is in the presence, they've been kind of, you know, learning and hearing of Jesus, but then all of a sudden there's this awkward, kind of uncomfortable moment where Bartimaeus calls Jesus out and nobody wants, they, they, they are very honest. They're like, I, we won't, don't want to hear you. Be quiet, Bartimaeus. Go back to your, your spot beside the road. We don't want to hear, you're interrupting our day. And what does Jesus do? I love what Jesus does here. He reminds them and he shows them a different way of thinking toward Bartimaeus. Jesus saw the person rather than the crowd. Jesus saw the person and made the person a priority over the plan or where they needed to go specifically in that moment in that day. Jesus made time for the person in spite of the importance of his day and his calendar and his schedule. Jesus amazes me at this moment. In fact, just let's just take a step back for a moment. I want you to imagine what is going on in Jesus' mind. What is Jesus consumed with and thinking about? Remember, this is the very last week that he's going to spend with his disciples. Jesus knows what's about to come. Nobody else does, but Jesus knows that in the next few days, he is going to be betrayed by those closest to him, by all of them. He's going to be tortured by people who knew that he's innocent. He's going to be placed on a cross. He's going to die a cruel death for your sins and for mine for sins that Jesus never committed, but paid the price for in our place. Jesus knows that all of this is about to happen in the next few days. Imagine that he knows all of this is about to happen to him and the disciples. And in spite of all of that, even though all of that was going on, imagine the amount of stress and anguish and He even sweats drops of blood in the garden in just a few short days after this. It was very intense. The stress must have been unbelievable. And yet Jesus stops 
in that moment. And he cares about Bartimaeus, this man that nobody else cared about. It's a beautiful, amazing example, picture of what we need to do in our lives and with our lives. How many times have I been consumed with my day, with my schedule, with my plans? How many times have I been angry at being interrupted by anybody? How many times have I missed an opportunity, missed the cries for help from people because I was too busy, too preoccupied, too important, too consumed, too scared, too annoyed to really care and see the person rather than the crowd? Do you care enough about people to really listen, to really lean in and be willing to help and care about them, regardless of who cares about them or not. So I want to leave you with a couple of questions here today. The first question is the question that's important to Bartimaeus' story, and it's important to your story, and it's important to mine. What is your blind spot? What is the need or the needs that you have that Jesus can help with? And I would be just, I would just encourage you, just like Bart, keep it simple and be honest. Maybe you even need to pause for a moment and jot something down. Maybe you need to pause for a moment and just consider and let God speak to you on this This question, what is that thing? What is that blind spot that's holding you down, keeping you back from being who God made you to be? And then the second question is, are you aware? Are you aware of all the people around you? Are you aware of their needs? Are you aware what they're going through? Are you aware what is 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 painful for them? Are you aware of the problems that they're dealing with? Are you aware when somebody is hurting inside, but maybe they're trying to hide it, but you can tell that there's something going on? Or maybe it just is a matter of taking enough time, enough care, enough energy to ask them how they're doing. And then to genuinely care about the person rather than the crowd. The person rather than the plan. The person rather than the calendar and the schedule and the, and the priorities of all the other things that have to happen. Honestly, I think that sometimes, I know this is true for me, we get kind of stuck in the bigness of the world's problems. And we've come out of quite a year, haven't we? With all the stuff that we've dealt with. And sometimes we get lost. We get stuck in the bigness of the problem. We think, man, I don't know what I can do. I don't know how to to have influence or have impact. I don't know how Jesus wants me to, to impact those around me. And let me just encourage you. It's really, really simple. Start with the one person in front of you. Start with one person. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. 
Start with one. Allow God to show you how to lead that person to him, to Jesus. And then let God show you the next person. And then the next one. And then the next one. It may not be quite that easy, but it certainly is that simple. So are you willing to get so close to Jesus that you're going to get dusty? That that his power and his love and his influence would just so rub off on you that other people would notice that you are living in a completely different way because you're walking so closely, because you're sitting so closely to the feet of Jesus, you're catching everything that he is handing to you, everything he's showing you, everything he's teaching you. Are you willing to get that close Jesus. My hope, my prayer for you is that you do and that you are. Let's pray. Jesus, help us to be honest about our blind spots. Help us to be honest about the things in our life that we know need to change, that we can only change with your power in us. And help us, Lord, to notice the person rather than the crowd. Help us to prioritize the most important things in this life. And that is the ones who are made in your image. People. Help us to prioritize them, elevate them, help them. But let's remember to allow God to allow you to impact and influence us. Help us to walk so closely that everything you're doing, the dust that you're kicking up around you, is all over us because we are involved. We're willing to get dirty in the ministry, in the things that you're trying to accomplish. Help us to do that. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, remember next week, March 21st, we'll be back together in person at the Village Center and, of course, also online. And remember, I love you and God loves you.